It's Friday night, and this is Three Valleys Radio. It's time for the Bresbet Racing Show. On the show tonight, we've got all the news from the racing media. We've got this weekend's fixtures. Noel Feely looks back on his ride in the King George of 2014. Jamie Snowden joins us for his usual roundup of his week, as does Nick Schofield. And of course, we've got Dave Wilson and Colin Brown's tips. And we find out from Jamie Snowden just how he got into racing. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to The Racing Show. It's A.D. Hopper here, and as usual, we've got a fairly full show for you tonight. So let's not waste any more time, and let's get stuck into all the news from the racing media with Mike Padden. Hello, and a very warm welcome along to this week's Racing News, with all the news from the racing media, including Racing TV, The Racing Post, and The Sporting Life. Here we go with this week's first story. Ryan Potter is eyeing a tilt at the Betfair hurdle with Jet Oil after finishing best of the rest behind star novice Constitution Hill on Saturday. Following low-key wins at Chepstow and Leicester, the seven-year-old became the trainer's first grade one runner in the Tolworth hurdle at Sandown. And while he was no match for Nicky Henderson's runaway winner, who is now favourite for the Supreme Novices hurdle at Cheltenham, Potter was proud of his stable star's performance in defeat. He said... I was delighted with him. The winner is obviously a machine and a horse has run a blinder. I couldn't be happier. It was a great day for the team. We always knew he was good enough to run at that level. We were just hoping Constitution Hill wasn't as good as everyone said he was, but he definitely was. He came out of it absolutely fine. He didn't actually have a hard race, as once Lorcan Williams, the jockey, realised he wasn't going to win, he's only hit him once behind the saddle, as he had seconds sewn up quite easily. I'm not sure for definite, but I'd imagine we'll pop an entry in for the Betfair hurdle at Newbury. Novices have a good record in it, and we're probably going to go up in the handicap, so we should get in off a low weight. He'll probably have an entry for Cheltenham, but I'd imagine we'll avoid that and wait for Aintree. Potter is already excited to see what Jetol can achieve next term when he will have his attention switched to the larger obstacles. He added, Whatever he does this season is a bonus. He's a chaser in the making. Lorcan got off him on Saturday and said, This lad is going to be unbelievable when he goes chasing. That will be his game. We're just trying to keep him in one piece and keep him in the yard. Hopefully nobody tries to buy him. And we'll move on to our next story today. The winner of the Wigley Group-sponsored Hampton Novices Chase at Warwick on Saturday will be eligible for a £25,000 bonus if they go on to win any one of three Novices Chase at the Cheltenham Festival, which is namely the Turner's Novices Chase, the Brown Advisory Novices Chase, or the National Hunt Chase. This is the first time Warwick has offered a bonus incentive, which, if collected, will be split between all connections, including stable staff. The total prize fund for the three-mile Grade 2 Wiggly Group Hampton Novices Chase is £55,000. 
The Agita Classic Chase Day on Saturday is one of the course's feature race days of the season, and this year it will also be the focus of the day's racing coverage on ITV Racing. Tommy Williams, Assistant General Manager at Warwick Racecourse, said, We are hugely excited about offering a bonus fund to the winner of the Wigley Group Hampton Novices Chase if they can go on and win at the festival. Black Hercules did it in 2016 for Willie Mullins, and Next Destination was narrowly denied in 2021 when finishing second in the National Hunt Chase. Bringing the stable staff into the bonus is absolutely fantastic, and we look forward to following our Warwick winner and the build-up to the festival. James Davis, Chief Executive Officer at Warwick Base, the Wiggly Group, and a member of the Warwick Racecourse Committee added, As a race sponsor and supporter of Warwick Racecourse, we are delighted to be offering the opportunity for the winner of our race to collect this additional bonus. Stable staff are fundamental to the industry, and this bonus allows us jointly to show that at the biggest racing festival at Cheltenham Racecourse in March 2022. He continued, Agitur Classic Chase Day is one of the biggest days at Warwick, and thanks to the bonus and the ITV racing cameras, we hope to attract an even stronger and more competitive field, which will be great exposure for the course and all of our fellow sponsors. And next, here on the Racing News. Trainer Nicky Henderson has provided a positive update on the well-being of Shiskin, ahead of a potential clash with the Willie Mullins train in Urjumene. The big two in the Betway Queen Mother Champion Chase betting are set to meet one another for the first time in the Clarence House Chase at Ascot on January 22nd. Speaking on Racing TV's Luck on Sunday programme, the Seven Barrows trainer said, At the moment we're preparing as if we're going to run. I cannot promise that's what's going to happen. I'd like Nico de Bonville to have a sit on him at the end of the week and he's very good at being able to tell me. He was the one who told me to run before Kempton. If we're happy next weekend, there's every possibility he will go to Ascot. And next up, here on the Racing News. Nicky Henderson reports Constitution Hill to be, quote, as fresh as paint the morning after his demolition job in the Tolworth Hurdle at Sandown. Hugely impressive on his debut under rules over the same course and distance a month ago, the five-year-old took the step up to grade one level in his stride with a 12-length success. Henderson, who was forced to watch the race from home after contracting COVID-19, could not be happier with how his charge has recovered from his exertions. Speaking on Racing TV's Luck on Sunday programme, the trainer said, He was amazing this morning. You'd hardly know he'd been anywhere yesterday. He looks as if he'd had a day in bed. That's him. He's as fresh as paint. He's extraordinary, because in all his slow paces, they're not slow. They're even slower than slow. But if you put him behind a couple of horses, you don't know that you're sitting on anything until you pull him out and say, come on, and it's like changing gear. He just takes off. He does it very quickly and very honestly. He loves schooling and loves work, and has an extraordinary attitude to life. Constitution Hill's victory saw him join stablemate John Bond at the head of the anti-post betting for the Supreme Novices Hurdle in March. And while Henderson would not be against allowing his two-star novices to do battle in the Cheltenham Festival curtain raiser, he is not ruling out the possibility of one stepping up in distance for the two-mile five-furlong Ballymore. He added, John Bon is a very, very good horse. I'm lucky I'm the person that doesn't have to split them. You'd be lucky to have one.
they both look like two milers. The only way you could force the issue is to come to the conclusion that one of them would get another half mile. It's interesting, because a few years ago we had Simon Sieg, who was very strong. He looked like a two-miler, but we actually ran him in the two-and-a-half, which he won very easily. I suppose you would enter both horses in both novice hurdles. I'd need to speak to J.P. McManus, John Bond's owner, and Michael Buckley, Constitution Hill's owner, and see if they're both happy to do that. Both horses look as good as we've got anyway. They look like two-milers, to be honest. And next up, here on the Racing News. Connections of cross-country star Diesel Dallier will skip a prep run and head straight to the Cheltenham Festival. The Richard Bandy-trained eight-year-old stepped up on a narrow third over three and three-quarter miles at Cheltenham in November, with victory off the same mark over course and distance in the Glen Farkas Crystal Cup cross-country handicap chase last month. Diesel Dallier is a general 16-to-1 chance for the Glen Farkas chase on day two of the festival meeting on Wednesday, March 16th. Bandy said... He is in good form, and we were toying with the idea of trying him in a novice hurdle or a hurdle between now and Cheltenham, but we have decided to leave that and go straight to Cheltenham. He is messing about in the paddock, and we are just going to play around with him for five or six weeks, then step him back up again. I would like to see him going back there in some sort of form he was in in November. He seemed to jump a bit better that day, but I think he will want a bit of soft ground and hope we don't come up against a tiger roll or something like that. I think he is best to keep him fresh. Let's go there as a fresh horse on the back of a win. After Cheltenham, we can look at where we go next. We might go to Ireland with him, or we can go to France, or we can bring him back next year and utilise the novice hurdle route. I wouldn't want to keep going to the well too often with him. And our final story today here on The Racing News... Anne and Ian Hamilton have to decide whether or not to enter Tommy's Oscar in the champion hurdle before he tests his mettle in the new one Unibet champion hurdle trial at Haydock on January 22nd. The seven-year-old has won his last three, rising to a rating of 156, which, considering former champion hurdler Epitante is only rated 153, having dead-heated in the fighting fifth and won the Christmas hurdle on her last two starts, compares favourably. The Hamiltons are not exactly used to making entries for early closing races, with a string of just six horses and two of those currently out injured, but they will have to bite the bullet soon. Ian Hamilton said he came out of Musselburgh well and it's Haydock next the press aren't trying to build him up but he'd have to win at Haydock to go to Cheltenham the thing is we've got to enter for Cheltenham before he goes to Haydock I personally think he is still a bit off champion hurdle class he'd have to go really well at Haydock but we've got to pay £500 before Haydock he is a smashing horse he really is the horses are healthy and well but we've only got four in training as we've two off sick we've tried him over two and a half miles before and he did have top weight in heavy ground but he didn't get home that's why we're not thinking of Aintree with his rating he's got to go in at their level weights races we should have had him in the fighting fifth really although he still wouldn't have run as we were coming to the rehearsals chase with nutswell but we couldn't get out because of the storm nutswell instead ran in the castleford chase over two miles at weatherby finishing third and will step up to three miles next time out brian hughes gave him a lovely ride at weatherby with a big weight to be third hamilton went on 
He will go to Doncaster next for the Skybet chase at the end of the month. That's January 29th. And that's three miles. But the ground never gets too bad there. And it's a flat track, so there's a good chance he'll get the trip. He added, he's 11 now, but he seems as good as ever. This has been this week's Racing News, with all the news from the racing media, and that includes Racing TV, The Racing Post, and The Sporting Life. I'm Mike Padden, thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Racing News. And as usual, after the Racing News comes the fixtures. This week we start with seven races on the flat at Lingfield on the all-weather, with a 12.05 start. Seven races over the jumps at Kempton Park with a 12.20 start. Seven races over the jumps at Weatherby with a 12.27 start. Seven races over the jumps at Warwick with a 12.40 start. And seven races on the flat, again on the all-weather, at Chelmsford with a 4.15 start. And on Sunday... Just the two meetings, seven races on the flat at Southern on the all-weather with a 12.55 start and six races over the jumps at Kelso with a 1.05 start. Now those of you that are regular listeners to the show will know that we also run on Three Valleys Radio a programme called In Conversation where we do like a This Is Your Life and Desert Island Disc with leading personalities and one such personality we did from the horse racing world is our regular contributor Jamie Snowden and this is what Jamie had to say when it came to the question well how did you get involved with horses Jamie? What what exactly can you remember about your your first sort of your first introduction to horses, really? Oh, good, very good question. Obviously, um, I, I, my 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 mother was um, was a doctor's daughter. She um, she she was very much brought up down in uh, down in Dorset, Stemston, Newton, and uh, and her father was was a big hunting man. So um, they they were a big hunting family, and um, my father was a was a a. a a, a, a farmer's son um they farmed up in yorkshire and hunted and, and and rode and what have you so um a very very sort of country um upbringing and uh and 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 really you know ponies and horses were were with us from right from right from the beginning really right and and can you remember sort of very roughly when you got on one and you actually rode one albeit probably a pony i suspect or a yeah, I suppose. I mean, the fact that I can't remember probably suggests it was it was quite early on in my life, really. Yeah, but, um, yeah, um, yeah. Right, right, right from day dot, I think. And I noticed in, in when I was doing my homework on you, um, you got involved with the pony club. But what, what sort of age group does that entail? So um, the pony club. So my kids are in the pony club at the moment. Um, so yeah, so they, they we started off probably uh, as early as five in the pony club. Right. Mum, mum, and dad actually. Mum and Dad actually moved out to um, to Africa. Dad Dad was um, working for a company called British American Tobacco, and um, he he went out there, I suppose, when I was three, and um, and we ended up sort of living out in Africa, but coming back on our on our school holidays and this that and the other, and and um, home was home was always North Dorset, South Somerset, just um, just uh, not far from Wincanton, Temple Coombe area, mm. and. Um, and that that was always our our family home. So even when we were out in Africa, we would we would come back and have have holidays back at back at home, back in Dorset, and um, and hunting and pony club and all those sort of team team games, you know, show jumping and 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 what have you. So uh, it was um, a lovely childhood, really. 
And, and just take me back to Africa. Whereabouts in Africa were you? Dad was um, Dad was based out in Kenya, Malawi, Uganda, and Nigeria on a ten year from eighty eighty two to ninety two, and um, so we were. My, my my sister and I started to go to school out there, and then um, and then when I was when I was seven, came back to school over over here. Um, I went to Sandroid in in Wiltshire. So, you know, were you close from any of the sort of wildlife reserves and that sort of thing in any of those uh, those locations? Yeah, yeah, we, we 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 were sort of on them really. Yeah, we were. Um, yeah, so in in Africa, obviously, we used to go down to down to the coast quite a bit, down in Tiwi and um, the Masai Mara and um, Nairobi National Park and and uh, Samburu and yeah, no, we 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 sort of visited all all of those and it was a, a wonderful upbringing. Any any close encounters with giraffes or elephants or lions or anything? Uh, plenty of close encounters, um, but but thankfully nothing that I can think of where my life flashed before my eyes. So <laughs> oh, uh, no. that's okay, then. that's okay. Exactly. <laughs> so obviously, when you got back to England, then uh, you got involved in point to points. Now um, we all know what point to points are, but uh, you know, generally, what what sort of age group would that have been? Sixteen, seventeen, something like that. Yeah, um, I, I I rode my first point to point when. Um, when I think, yeah, I think I was 16 exactly. I, I rode out for a, a lovely chap called John Duffersey. His um, his grandfather Harry Duffersey actually trained, trained Stalbridge colonists to to win to win the Hennessy um, back then, beating a, a, a famous horse called Arkle, believe it or not. But, really? Um, yeah, I remember Arkle. <clears throat> yeah, so it was a, a, a wonderful family of, 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 of steeped in racing, really. And, and John Duffersey, I, I first rode out for, for Duff when I was 14 and um, got run away with on a on a old horse called Fair Attraction, I remember it to this day. And um, <laughs> I got run away with, and, and Duff came in and and said, "You know, did you enjoy that?" Yeah, I wasn't screaming or anything else like that. And yeah, I loved it. I got you know, it was it was it was what it's all about. But a speed and and um, since yeah, I was I was hooked from from that day onwards, really. So now you know that's how Jamie Snowden got involved in horses. Sweet sweet memories you gave me. Memories, memories. This is what this little section of the show is all about. We are going to try over the next few weeks to resurrect some memories for you with some of the classic races over the last 30 odd years. We will replay the commentaries and then we'll get in touch with the jockeys and have a chat with them and see what they remember about the race. Um, last week we started off with the first one which was Floyd which we did with our own Colin Brown and uh, as the weeks go by we will try and tie up with the leading race that particular weekend as well if we can so uh, make sure you keep joining us at uh, seven o'clock on a friday night for the racing show and uh, roughly about halfway through the show we will be doing our memories feature which i hope you'll like Three little kids for the flavor. and this week it's noel feely on 
Silvano Conte. And they set off on their way and a cheer sends them away towards the first of 18 fences in this William Hill King George VI chase and Cucard is just the leader with his old rival Silvignaco Conti alongside in the pink jacket. Champagne Fever also in pink on the outside, the grey horse. Also wide is Menora and then Dinast and Alpha off as they jump fence number one and Silvignaco Conti just landing in front there towards the rear. John Spirit and Wishful Thinking Double Ross and Wonderful Charm are also towards the rear. The second and open ditch, both the front pair fly over from in third place Champagne Fever as now they run into the back straight and uh, Noel Feely being quite positive here on last year's winner Silvignaco Conti, the horse with guaranteed stamina whereas some of the opposition are yet to be proven over three miles Silvignaco Conti from Q Card Champagne Fever in third, then Menorah on the outside, a brace of greys then Alpha off the yellow jacket on the inside of Dinast in the maroon and yellow, wonderful charm out wide then Double Ross in red with a white disc on the body as they now run down the back straight and over this one good jump by Silvagnaco Conti John Spirit and a mistake at the back by wishful thinking there clouted that fence on to the next Silvagnaco Conti from in second Champagne Fever Card now three or four lengths back in third followed by Dinast Alpha Roth Menorah wonderful charm then uh, Double Ross, John Spirit with the white face on the left of your picture. And lastly is Wishful Thinking as they cleared that open ditch. Well, no prisoners here being taken by Noel Feely in these early stages. He's clearly intent on making this a true test. Silvagnaco Conti clears the next in front. And uh, the intention appears to be to try and make all. Champagne Fever in second, who's up in distance. New territory for him today, Rubel Walsh's mount. Cucar back in third last year's runner-up. Also with stamina questions to answer as they run towards the home tight turn. And... Uh, head towards the three fences down the home straight on this first circuit in gathering gloom here as Claire said the darkest King George for many years as they go towards this one Silvignaco Conti on the inside good jump bold jump from Champagne Fever then Cucar, Dinast, Menorah on the right, then Alpharoff, Double Ross, John Spirit, Wonderful Charm on the outside in the noseband, and Wishful Thinking at the back over the next. And there Cucar clouted that very hard in third place. And uh, Daryl Jacob found himself being thrown forward in the saddle. He retains the partnership, but that was quite a serious mistake. Uh, on now to the fence in front of the stands, and the front two continue to jump fluently at the back, Wishful Thinking not having a going day at the moment and now a circuit left to go and Silvignaco Conti in his bid for back-to-back -back King George's is roared past the judge and leads by a couple of lengths to Champagne Fever in second. Cucard round the inside just third ahead of Dinest, then Menorah and Alfaroff. John Spirit, Double Ross, then Wonderful Charm and Wishful Thinking still at the back of the field. They've completed a circuit of the course and heading on towards the next now, fence number 10 of the 18 and it's still Noel Feely on Silvignaco Conti from Ruby Walsh on Champagne Fever. Dean Aston, Tom Scudamore will take this just third wide of Cucard. Menorah on the outside is right in contention under Tom O'Brien. Then Double Ross and Alpha Roth and John Spirit, a wonderful charm. Silvignaco Conti, a beautiful jump over that open ditch. Wishful thinking still trails the field. 
Now they're swinging into the back straight. They've got seven fences left to jump in Chasing's Midwinter Classic. And it's Silvignaco Conti that continues to make it. Champagne Fever, though, is full of running in second at this stage. Long way to go. Then Dynast on the outside of Q Card. Menora and Alpha are off together. John Spirit still waited with. Followed by Double Ross and then Wonderful Jam and Wishful Thinking. Down the back straight. This is seven out there coming to. Silvignaco Conti and Noel Feely comes in to take it. Accurate again. And they're all safely over. Champagne Fever in second. On now towards another plain fence. Two and a half lengths between the front two now. Silvignaco Conti over again. Hasn't touched a twig from Champagne Fever. Cute card still right there. Then Dinas followed by Alfroff. Menora has lost ground and is pushed along. John Spirit still going quite well on the left of your picture. Jumping an open ditch. Silvignaco Conti sailed over from Champagne Fever. Now they're drawing towards the last fence in the back straight. And this is where every King George begins to to get tough. Silvignaco Conti and gone nearly Menora. Terrible mistake there. Tom O'Brien had to sit tight. It's Silvignaco Conti as they swing out of the back straight but a few potential challengers. Cucard on the inside of Champagne Fever. Then Dinas, Alfaroff and John Spirit and Wonderful Charm as they swing the final right-hander. Three fences left to jump. Can Silvignaco Conti beat them all off here as they run up the home straight at Kempton Park on Boxing day. Champagne Fever is poised to challenge. Cucard in the noseband. Three out. Silvignaco Conti jump well again. A mistake from John Spirit. Now on to the second last. Here's where it gets really tough. This is where stamina comes into play. Silvignaco Conti from Champagne Fever. Two out. Great jump again by the leader. He's he's now pulling clear. Silvignaco Conti is getting away from them. Champagne Fever and Dines chasing second and third. But here now is the final fence for Silvignaco second, Alfroff through for third, Champagne Fever weakening into fourth, then Card, John Spirit, wonderful charm, Menorah who made a very bad mistake and looking down the track, Double Ross has been pulled up. Well what a display here by Noel Feely's mount, Silvignaco Conti, ridden with the intention of bursting his rivals and that's what he did, but all important, what a superb round of jumping. Now, I'm very pleased to welcome to the show the jockey himself. It's Noel Feely. Well, good morning, Noel. Thank you ever so much for coming on the show. Um, we're talking about Silvianarco Conte and the King George of 2014. What do you remember about the ride? Um, obviously, he'd won the race the previous season as well, and uh, we're going into it. Uh, we were fancying our chances. I, I was quite keen, and he'd done very well in the bet for uh, probably or five weeks previously um, and um, I was going there confident but it's a very tough race um, with um, brought over um, a big grey horse I can't remember his name uh, stop my head but it was, it was, it was a competitive race Q Card was back in there he was we had done battle a few times uh, he had beaten me a few times I'd beaten him a few times uh, so it was a very, a very good race and um I think Christmas Day, I used to enjoy Christmas Day and then kind of you get to Christmas evening and you 
then you start thinking about the race and um, you kind of plan plan what you're going to do and all the rest of it. But um, I, I planned planned and planned everything. Two cars used to make the running. Um, planned I was going to follow cue cards uh, and go from there, as I did the previous season, but I beat cue card. Yeah. Um, and typical flag went down. We jumped off and Darrell Jacob took a pull on uh, cue card. So I thought, this is no good. So <laughs> plan A went out the window and yeah. um, I had to go to plan B. So I, I made the running myself and um, so we pretty much laid from start to finish, and which is a, probably a fairly difficult thing to do in a King George and um, worked, worked perfectly and he jumped like a buck. I think it was probably, he was a brilliant horse to me. I won, I think I won six Great ones on him, but I think that day was probably the day he peaked. Um, that was probably his best performance of his career, I'd say. In 2014, he was absolutely brilliant that day, and he won a King George. Probably not not many horses have won in the King George easier than he did that day. Hmm. Is it? I mean, would you? I know you, as you say, that Daryl Jacob took a pull, so you suddenly found yourself in the lead. Um, yeah. But it was quite a brave decision to say, right, well, I'm going to go now, and we'll, we'll, we'll try and win it, we'll, you know, stay in front all the way around. Yeah, it was uh, It was one of them ones where I was thinking, I'm going to be a hero or a villain here. Um, yeah. But, because, uh, you know, if it, if it goes wrong, obviously you have to hold your hands up. But, um, you know, he, he was the sort of a horse that you could probably ride in most ways. That's why, that's why it was one of his strengths. If they went really fast, you could probably drop them in a little bit further. Um, and that day, um, you know, I made the running on him, and it worked as well. He's just a very genuine horse, and he was, he was the most wonderful jumper. Um, mm. Probably one of the best jumpers I ever rode. Like, very, very rarely ever put a foot round. And I think when he got into a good rhythm that day, he jumped so well, it was probably made it hard for horses to come and catch him. Yeah. So, um he was a wonderful horse. Did did leading from the front come into the uh, equation when you were talking to Paul Nichols before the start of the race? I mean, was it one of the options? <laughs> no, it wasn't. Because uh, Car had always made the running um, whenever we we met kind of thing. So uh, we'd always followed him and he'd kind of beaten us a couple times. We'd beaten him a few times, I said earlier. Uh, I think it was probably the only time maybe where... Um, you know, he took a pole and I ended up making a running, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but it still worked, didn't it? Well, it certainly did. And you, I mean, I just sat and watched the race before I came on to you on the phone, and you know, you were pulling away at the, at the finish, which uh, showed he had he the was. stamina to do it. Yeah, because he had to work quite hard to get past Kikar the previous year, 2014, um, and it was only kind of between the the, la- the last two fences, fences that he got on top that year. Hmm. Whereas um, in 2014. He actually pulled away between the second last and the last and jumped the last and it was pretty smooth sailing from there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you must have been pleased having made the decision that you weren't going to be the villain and not the, uh, you know, yeah. uh, at the end of the race. It's, it's a fine line sometimes. It can go against you or it can go with you, but luckily it was a bit at the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, it, was, it was brilliant. And the celebrations afterwards, I take it, were equally brilliant. Yes, well... Um, I used to ride, I rode a lot of horses for Chris Giles and Jared Sullivan, who owned them uh, over the years. They, they had some great horses like uh, Zach Hander as well. And, 
Um, this far non-stop and there was some great horses over the years and you know to, to ride a big race like that for them as well was um, sort of you know repayment to them for, for their loyalty you know yeah yeah absolutely absolutely well, well no thank you ever so much for coming on that's exactly what we wanted um, it'll come nicely sit after the commentary for the race and people will be able to relate to it a lot better I think so uh, we're really Thanks. really indebted to you to coming on thank you very much for that and uh, have a no good problem. new year lovely good to speak to you thank you well that was Noel Feely looking back on that winning ride in the King George back in 2014 it's time to catch up with our old mate, Gary Wiltshire at Brasbit. Gary, how are you? Yeah, good Good afternoon, mate. How are you, AD? I'm fine, very, mate. Very cold here, pal. Very yeah. cold here. Yeah, same as down here, mate. I tell you, very frosty this morning. It's really a white one. Yeah, I'm surprised. Uh, you know, we, we've got to hope the racing's on tomorrow. But very, very cold forecast tonight, isn't it, as yeah, well? But yeah. uh, just got to hope we're lucky. You know, we're going to Warwick tomorrow. Oh yeah, right. Uh, big big day at Warwick tomorrow. Big big real real big good card at Warwick tomorrow. So uh, anyone wants to have a bet, look out for us. Press bet on course tomorrow. Yeah, and we're represented in Tattersalls tomorrow. Okay, fine. Okay, well, it's um, it's, it's a good meet. It's two Grade Ones there, isn't it tomorrow? Yeah, it's good racing there tomorrow. They've got the Ballymore. It's a real real good race as well, and there's some good racing. Also tomorrow, uh, we've got some real. There's some good racing in the south tomorrow as well, isn't there? Yeah. So yeah. Uh, some real good racing tomorrow, right? Yeah. So uh, looking looking for the, you know, don't forget we've got the Africans Cup on as well. The football still on. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of value on the football tomorrow if you look online as well at uh, presbet.com. dot uh com. -huh. And uh, you know, be plenty of value everywhere tomorrow. Yeah, I'm sure they will. That's right, yeah. So have you got any special offers this week, Gary? Well, there's so many, aid. I'll be truthful. If I started giving you special offers out now, I'll be here till 9 o'clock tonight. So, uh, <laughs> we'll get started, then. Online. <laughs> yeah, we're here, mate. <laughs> well, unfortunately, we've lost contact with Gary, but I'll tell you what he was going to say next. He was going to tell you about the Bresbeck competition. So just have a listen to this. Now then, it's competition time here on Three Valleys Radio. And in association with our friends from Bresbet, we've got a great competition. Last year, Bresbet sponsored two major greyhound races at two major stadiums in the country. We want you to tell us where the stadiums were, i.e. if they were in Manchester or if they were in Plymouth, you just say Manchester or Plymouth or wherever you think they were. And I'm sure that most of you will have a quick look on Google and you might well find them. And what about the prize? A free £50 bet? A day out for two at Utoxeter Racecourse in the summer where you will have a use of the Bresbet uh, hospitality box with all the food and all the drink that you can drink and just generally a great day's racing courtesy of our good friends at Bresbet. So... What are you waiting for? Just get your answer on an email and send it in to us here at Three Valleys Radio to info at Three Valleys Radio. All one word, spelt T-H-R-E-E, -E, Valleys Radio, all one word, uh, dot com. And uh, by the end of the month, we will be closing the competition and we'll pick a winner and somebody's going to get a day out of their dreams up at Utoxeter Racecourse with everything that goes with it. All courtesy of our sponsors, Bresbet. So, get on the case straight away. And uh, hopefully, 
we'll find you a winner at the end of January. And talking of Bresbet, check out their website at www.bresbet.com and see all the special offers that they've got going for you this week on their special offers page. It's well worth it because you'll get some great offers on there for the football, for racing and whatever else is going on this particular weekend. So, there it is, Bresbet and Three Valleys Radio offering you a great day out. Now it's a pleasure to welcome another new jockey to the show and it's Paddy Brennan, Fergal O'Brien's stable jockey. Well, good afternoon, Paddy. Thank you very much for joining us on the show. What, generally speaking, is sort of a week are you having at the moment? Well, yeah, it's, it's not going too bad. It's um, the early days in the week. You know, it's Tuesday, so we're only getting prepared for the weekend, but yeah. not too exciting yet. I'm on the way to Exeter to ride a nice bumper horse, so hopefully it'll start to get a bit better. And uh, as far as the weekend's concerned, what have you got lined up for the weekend? It, mainly um, Fergal O'Brien horses, or have you got any others as well? No, i got two nice rides for Fergal O'Brien at... Um, Warwick at the moment, uh, punctuation will run there in the novice handicap hurlies. He's a nice horse, and Al- Philippe is a, one of our better horses that's having his first run of the season, so he's one to look forward to. Absolutely, and uh, I mean, I know it's a couple months yet, but uh, how's Cheltenham shaping up? Have you got some good good prospects lined up? Look, it's still early days regarding Cheltenham, but obviously the novices and the novice chases look pretty much wrapped up by, by Willie Mullins or Nicky Henderson it's just so so hard but hopefully the handicap the handicaps give us all a bit of a chance and evens things out a little bit more so that's what we're looking at at the minute and we've got a good filly running the Cheltenham bumper and uh, you've got um, you know regular horses with uh, regular rides obviously being a stable jockey for Fergal O'Brien and he's having you know a really good season generally yeah look Fergal's a young up and coming trainer and he's got lots of horses and you know only see him getting bigger and bigger so it's lovely to be part of it and um, it's really exciting Paddy thanks ever so much for coming on the show and talking to us it's, it's just a brief little chat really because uh, you know the more people we can get on the more interest we get in the show and obviously you're a leading jockey and people want to hear what people like you have to say yeah look I'm happy to help out no problem I'm, I'm always on the end of the phone that's brilliant okay then Paddy well I'll leave you to it have a good day today and um, you know thank you see thank how you get on cheers for now well, that was Paddy Brennan, Fergal O'Brien's stable jockey, talking to us on his way to Exeter. And uh, I'm pleased to say that Paddy will be joining us on a few occasions in the forthcoming weeks. But now it's time to catch up with our old mate, Jamie Snowden. Well, hi, Jamie. Uh, on your way back from Exeter, where you had a winner, I think I'm right in saying. Yeah, thanks, Eddie. Yeah, no, and a, a nice winner, Talifico. Jumps and stayed and galloped and... Um, Outstayed them all in the end, which was great. Yeah, was it uh, a you know a, a strong race in terms of the opposition? Yeah, it was. Um, it, it was a, a, a decent novice handicap chase. He's um, he, he won that off a mark of 122, so he's he's a nice young progressive horse. Oh, that's good. Well, that's uh, good for the future, anyway. Exactly. He's um, he's only a six-year-old, just turned six, so he, he's he's pretty young to be going staying chasing so um hopefully you can only progress from here yeah absolutely absolutely now um it's a little bit early in the week for us to be normally talking um looking forward to saturday um what have you got lined up for saturday anything exciting 
Uh, we got a lovely horse called Up for Parole, who's who's in the um, the Lanzarote at Kempton. He's also in Up at Weatherby, so um, we'll we'll have a look to see which way we go with him. But he's a he's a, he's another young progressive sort. And um, yeah, I think those are the only two that we've got entered over the weekend, actually. Right, right. So a little bit quieter than usual. Um, uh, of yeah, we've we've obviously January, January tends to be the month where we where we give them a flu back as well. So yeah. um, a lot of a lot of the horses have had their vaccinations, and so we'll just be a bit easy on them for a moment. Does this, does a flu jab sort of affect them in, a, in any great way, or is it a question of some do, some don't? I think that's that that's it. Some do, some don't. Mm. Um, I think broadly speaking, if if your immunity is high, then I should imagine it doesn't affect them too much. If your immunity is, is, if you're a little bit run down, then it probably affects them a little bit more, perhaps. Yeah, yeah, quite. But I mean, do do the, the stewards do they take into account those sort of situations? And you know, if a horse runs badly, they don't sort of suddenly turn around and accuse you of fixing the horse or something just because he's had a flu jab. No, I, I, as, as I've got a lovely poem in my office that says, "The the, the stewards demand." Things, um, demand explanation, but but look with cynical looks in all their opinions. Like, trainers are all licensed crooks. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice one, nice one. Good. Okay, then, Jamie. Well, um, uh, you had a good win today, so that's good. Let's hope the weekend um, uh, is going to be the same for you. Have a safe journey home. Yeah, I no will, worries. We'll, we'll speak again soon, yeah? Thanks, Eddie. All the best. Well, now it's time to catch up with another one of our regular contributors. It's jockey Nick Schofield. Right, well, good, after- yeah. good afternoon, Nick. Thanks for joining us on the show. Um, you must be feeling pretty pretty good after yesterday, I expect. Yeah, very good. Happy New Year to you all. Um, yeah, just get two winners uh, at Exeter races yesterday. Um, two nice horses that have been good to me. So, um, yeah, no, all is good. Was it your first time to win on them, Nick, or have you ridden them before to wins? Uh, I've won in, I think... Uh, three or four races on my win my wings over the years, including Cheltenham and a few other nice races. So yeah. um, it was nice to get her, her head in front again in the in the feature race. And uh-huh. um, there was a nice young horse of Alistair Rouse that was having his debut over hurdles, and that has a bright future. So um, it was nice to win on that one too. Presumably, that was the twenty-eight to one shot, was it? Uh, no, the feature was um, win my wings twenty-eight to one shot. Was it? All oh, right, okay. And uh, Jack Barber's came in, was it third or fifth? Yeah, it ran really well. Blackjack Mag- Magic, I'd imagine he'll be winning again soon. Um, he won early on in the season and yeah. he's, been, um, he's been in competitive races and is running very well. So I'd imagine he'll be winning again soon. And, <clears throat> excuse me, what about the weekend? You've got a um, couple of runners tomorrow, one tomorrow, is it? At, uh, uh, yeah, Banger. one tomorrow, one Friday. Yeah, yeah, one at Bangor tomorrow. A horse that I've won on previously. Um, I hope we will be winning again sometime soon, but probably we'll need um, the run tomorrow. But um, I imagine it will win soon. And then we've got Friday Allardyce for Paul Henderson. That's yeah. a good each way chance. Um, that could run alright and then some really really nice rides on Saturday at Warwick so um, looking forward to that all looking pretty good then generally yeah touch I'd need a bit of luck on Saturday but all being well um, we've got some nice rides so we'll give it a good go how's it going looking generally I mean we've had a fair bit of rain I mean is it is it easing up all across the country or what or are we just getting it down here in the west country uh, no we've actually got a dry week um dry week so um yeah no we're um 
it's soft predominantly everywhere, but it is um, it's taken a lot of getting because when the ground can get very wet and saturated and then when it dries out it can become very holding mm. and the horses find that much harder work to sort of gallop out of than it would if it was a bit wetter so um when it's wetter horses get through it but um when it's drying out it could be that much harder but no it's um it's a dry enough week so um hopefully it won't be too bad but um yeah it's we're in january and you you expect softish ground so yeah, uh, yeah. that's what we've got but a, a little bit of a hindrance, it would be fair to say, then. <laughs> yeah, some horses love it, some horses hate it. It's like humans, I guess. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, it's, isn't it, you know, it is what it is. And um, you have to deal with the cards you doubt, and um, you've got to hope the horses that you selected to ride um, get in conditions. Yeah, well, I know what it's like, because I struggle in the, in the wet going, I can tell you. So, um, it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, look, Nick, um, have a good weekend, and, and tomorrow and, and Friday, obviously, and um, we'll speak to you next week, if that's okay. Yeah, appreciate your call. Thanks very much. No problem at all. Thanks, Nick. Speak to you soon, mate. Yeah, God bless. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, that was Nick Schofield, and now it's time to catch up with Dave Wilson at Harlequin Racing. <sighs> well, good evening, Dave. How are you today? Yeah, very well. Lovely sunny day today and yeah. uh, not looking forward to the morning with that clear sky all day long. So yeah. uh, I would imagine it's going to be a bit of a frost in the ground in the morning. Yeah, a bit of fog as well. So as well, they're forecasting on the weather just now. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. There we go. Uh, there we go. Yeah. Uh, we're uh, going to have a look at the few of the good races at Kempton on Saturday. And uh, there's a couple of... Uh, Nice class ones up at Warwick as well. So we're going to head off over to Kempton to start the day off with. And the first race that we're going to have a look at there is a 12.55. Locally trained horses, uh, the one we like here, Rioca. Going to be ridden by Sean Bowen and trained by Harry Fry out at Housestock. So uh, this this horse run a blind on its debut. Runs second to one of the nice horses out the Paul Nichols yard, Janino Bello. And that was up at Aintree and then uh, had its second race at Chepstow and it won very well there. And uh, the comments was one, one nicely going away at the end. And it beat a horse there called uh, Complete Unknown, another one of uh, Paul Nichols' team. Mm-hmm. And there was two lengths between them. Now, previously, uh, Complete Unknown finished third behind Blue Stello and unanswered prayers and unanswered prayers come out on Saturday last week at Wing Canton and won a very good race there beating uh, another one of the Paul Nichols team Fleming's Tide yeah now Fleming's Tide's uh, very well related to Masterminded a uh, very good horse that Paul Nichols had quite some while back who won the Queen Mother and uh, many other races there so uh, Fleming's Tide was in good form because he'd won uh, two weeks previous to that and was uh, odds on favourite so uh, the form for Rioja beating complete unknown is very very solid there uh, don't know what sort of price she's going to be at the moment but I expect it to be around about 6-4 to four, and uh, that's going to be the day's banker bet for us in uh, the 12.55 there at Kempton OK fine Moving down to the 132, Champagne Court, going to be ridden by Lorcan Williams and trained by Jeremy Scott from uh, just the other side of Taunton. Uh, good winner at Exeter last time out and has uh, gone up £4 for that win and beat a horse that day called Guernsey who has run Talia and uh, Hawaii. 
Highway 102 very close in its two previous races to there, so it's a very, very strong form. Now, Champagne Court a year or so ago was winning off of a handicap mark of 138, and is only running off of a handicap of 130 in this one. Now, Jeremy Scotchard's in great form at present. They have got two winners, a second and a third from eight runners this year, and they had a 80 to 1 shot went up at Wincanton last Saturday, which ran very, very well as well. So the yard's very much in form, and they've got a good horse in Jeremy Scotchard called Dash and Drasher, and uh, he'll be coming out sometime over the next uh, week or so as well, from what I understand. So uh, this one should be around about 11 to 4, and uh, I think that looks a bit of uh, value in the betting there at the moment. So Champagne Court in uh, the 13.32 at Kempton. Right. Moving down to the 205, uh, we're going with El Dorado Allen, uh, Brendan Powell and Colin Tizard, obviously from Melbourne Port, so we're keeping all the selections so far local. Uh, now, this fella won very well at Exeter in November, and he beat Hitman and had uh, Grenatine in behind him that day as well. Now, Grenatine won the Tingle Creek, if I recall. Yes, it did. Won the Tingle Creek and uh, being targeted for a race out at Leopardstown uh, first week or so in February. And then we'll be going on to have a go at winning the Queen Mother, which many of the Tingle Creek run- winners actually go on and compete. So mm. uh, we'll have a look in that one. Now, Eldorado Allen uh, then come out and run at Huntingdon come third. And I just can't get my head around the race. All Mankind was in there and some other good horses. And the horses literally finished in reverse order of how you would expect them to have finished in the race. It was a very, very strange race. Now, there's only three competitors taking on Eldorado Allen in this race. And uh, one of them is Defi de Sol. He's not run a good race since January of 2020. Another one is Rouge Vif. And he's been well beaten over two miles on his last couple of runs and he's got very big stamina questions and obviously this is going to be over two miles four and the other horse in the race is uh, Mr Fisher of uh, Nicky Henderson's yard and his last six runs he's been pulled up three times unseated his jockey once and he's got a second and a win on his card so uh, process of elimination the only one you can put any faith into is Eldorado Allen and he's got some very strong form and he's priced up at around about 130 at the moment with Paddy Power so he looks to be a very good bet in that race for us there the 205 okay fine Moving down to the 240 race, uh, we're going with a very big price one in this one. Uh, the horse is called Call Me Lord. Uh, James Bowen takes a ride for Nicky Henderson in this one. Normally, Daryl Jacob will be riding him, but he's got a hip injury at the moment from uh, middle of December, and we don't know how long he's going to be out for, and he's uh, the owner's retained jockey. So, uh, obviously, James Bowen being attached to the Nicky Henderson yard is going to take the ride instead now. He's uh, running off of a handicap mark of 144. Now, this fella always races off of 150 or higher over handicap hurdle races. But what seems to have happened is he had two runs over the chase fences, which the handicap has dropped him down the handicap for because he hasn't actually performed very well in them two races. So he's actually got £6 come off of his normal handicap mark. And he looks to have a very good chance there. Now, Sky better paying out seven places on the race, and it's a 21, 21 runner race. So he's got a very good chance in it, and he's priced up at 20 to 1 with him. So uh, 
he'll be four to one to get in in the seven places that are being offered by Sky Bet there. So we think he's a solid each way bet in that two forty there. Call me Lord. Right. Moving down to the three fifteen race, uh, horse that we've had a couple of wins on this year. Strictly a dancer. It's going to be ridden by Alice Collier, uh, trained by Christian Williams, who used to be uh, working at District with uh, Paul Nichols' team before he went out on his own. Now this fellow racked up a quick hat trick of wins in twenty eight days to, uh, in uh, October November sort of time, and then they give him a run over three miles five furlongs and he, he didn't stay the trip and that was in early December and uh, he's had a five week break since then and the jockey's claiming a, a large amount of weight off of his back so it, it drops his handicap mark down to only two pounds higher than when he last won so he looks to be a solid form pick in this race now he's had a bit of a rest after quite a few runs close together there and he's priced up at the moment at 7-1 to one with Bet Vic and uh, he makes a nice option for an each way bet there right. that's what we've got at Kempton and we're going to move over to Warwick for the next two runners and the first one of the races we're looking at at Warwick is at 2.25 and the horse we like here is Staghorn going to be ridden by one of our uh, people that help out on the show, Nick Schofield mm-hmm. and trained by Archie Watson now Archie Watson's primarily a flat, jo- uh, flat trainer and he's got the odd hurdle, now Staghorn has had one run over hurdles and he won that very easily beating a horse called Welder Dreams of uh, Anthony Honeyballs and Welder Dreams come out after that run and uh, he skated up next time out when he won at Plumpton and uh, beat a very nice horse of uh, Gary Moore's essential Jacko. So the form of Staghorn is very solid and he used to be rated over 100 on the flat. So he's a top-class performer on the flat and his, his form over the hurdle so far only in his one run looks very good and he's priced up at the moment with 5-1 to one with uh, Sky Bet. So again, makes the each-way option and uh, makes a value bet there. Right. Last one we got for Saturday is the Warwick three o'clock, and the horse that we like in in this one is Corrick Rambler, going to be ridden by Derek Fox and trained by Lucinda Russell. Now, last time out he ran at Cheltenham and he won how he wanted. Basically, as the horses come to him, he just pulled away again, and uh, on the running it looked like Eva Oscar was going to get somewhere near him, and he just pricked his ears and just run away from him coming up towards the line. He had absolutely bucket loads in hand. Uh, the handicap has put him. Eight, up eight pounds for the run and there's no reason why I can see that he's going to get beaten or he's kind of struggling in there. He's priced up five to one with William Hills at the moment and uh, Lucinda Russell comes down from over the Scottish border and uh, it's one of them that she's brought along very very slowly to start with and he's really proven a nice horse at the moment but as we say when he won at Cheltenham he had bucket loads in hand and uh, he could have won that by 20 lengths if he put his head down and gone for it but he just idled in front and uh, just played with the rest of them so uh, here's our last one for the weekend of Warwick 3 o'clock Corrick Brambler Good okay Dave well let's hope there's a few winners there and uh, as you say some interesting racing going on and uh yeah, I, I'd spotted Staghorn before you mentioned it, and uh, yeah, um, Gavin was very upbeat about it last time he rode him. So uh, let's hope it continues yeah. this way. So that'd be good. Okay. Yeah, Gavin rode him last time, and uh, Nick's on him this time. So we're keeping it with uh, people yeah. that help out. So uh, yeah. very nice. So uh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay then, Dave. Let's thank you for that. We'll uh, we'll speak to you next week, mate. Okay. 
Will do. Cheers, mate. Well, that was Dave Wilson with his usual selections from Harlequin Racing. And now it's time, as always, bringing up the rear, it's Colin Brown. Well, good evening, Colin. Still over there in uh, in snowy Sweden, then, are you? Yes, I am. But I'm back this weekend, actually. It's snowy. The snow disappeared um, for yesterday, really. We've had a fair bit of snow here for a number of days. Yeah. And minus sevens, but it's about four above now, and the snow's more or less gone. Stick can do a few of the old back roads, and it's uh, pretty slippery in places. But yeah, no, pretty much gone now. So um, we're getting the spring, I think, here on the um, what is it, the fourteenth of January? Do the Swedes make a, a big deal of snow, just like we do over here? Um, they don't mind it because a lot of them are cross-country skiers and downhill skiers, so I do quite like a bit of snow. Um, it makes it quite hard at driving about, because some of the back roads, like I live in the middle of nowhere here, uh, mm. stay, and, um, you know, the roads are pretty rubbish. You can't really go safely more than about 20 miles an hour on the little roads, yeah. um, although they plough them. But most roads have got sort of like a ditch either side, so many cars are going to the ditch because the Swedes drive a little bit too fast. Mm. Um, but most people here would have studs in their tyres, whereas I've got winter tyres on my car. Yeah. German winter tyres, but not studs, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you've got to be careful. Um, I don't think they might. They prefer the snow to rain. Right. But I must say today, e- even me, I've been here in the snow for about three weeks now, just getting out today and moving about a bit where the um, snow had gone. It just made a difference, you know? Mm, mm. Well, we're going racing, so we're going to Warwick first of all, are we? Let's go there. Let's go for the twelve forty at Warwick um, eighty. Okay. And there's a horse that runs there, trained by Nicky Henderson. I think could win. Um, it's dropped down the ratings. It's a novice handicap. It's called Flinter Sacra, and it's trained by Nicky Henderson. And this one is a brother. To the outstanding chaser, Sprinter Sacra. Uh-huh. Um, he's owned by J.P. McManus. He's had a few runs, and he hasn't run too badly. Uh, you talked to the last time he ran. I think um, the ground might have been a little bit quick, possibly, for him that day. He didn't run too well, but, you know, you wouldn't be the biggest surprise. They've just got him a little bit of a handicap mark here. And uh, the last time he ran, that was over a mile and seven. Um so similar sort of trip today. I reckon I'm going to take a chance with him, and he's called Flinter Sacra, number two in the 12.40 at Warwick. Okay. Now, the, ne- the next race I like, and that is the 118, is the Edward Courage Cup. Edward Courage was a great trainer, great friend of Her Majesty the Queen Mother. He trained some good horses like Spanish <coughs> Steps, Royal Relief, he had some great horses, and this race is named after him. And only four runners go to post, but I can see John Joe O'Neill winning this. Nick Schofield rides it. Sky, I don't know whether you've spoken to him this this week or not, but um, it's called Sky Pirate. He's got good form. He won at the Cheltenham Festival off of a mark of 152. He's only five pounds above that mark still. Third at Kevin the other day. Uh, he, he's a very good horse on this day. He's third to Shishkin. I mean, pretty well beaten, but Shishkin, you know, is a real good horse. That was in the Desert Orchid Chase. And I think this one can win Sky Pirate 
in the 118 at Warwick. We did speak We've to Nick, a... actually, this week, um, but he didn't mention Sky Pirate, yeah. But he wasn't. I think it was because he wasn't sure of what exactly what he was riding on Saturday because I spoke to him on Wednesday, I think it was. No, Tuesday, Tuesday. So, consequently, I, I think, you know, he wasn't quite sure of what he was riding, so that's probably why. Aye, ah, right. Well, there's a good chase here at Warwick in the 150. The Hampton Novices chase. Paul Nichols will win this at the horse called three under through five. Um, that's hacked up in its last, well, four out of five races. It's an odds-on chance, but I don't mind a few of those that chuck in my, uh, you know, five, six or seven-fold accumulators with the odd football team that I think can definitely win and a couple of short price horses and then take a chance on something that's a bit of a bigger price to make make the, uh, you know, to make the SP a little bit bigger. So I think he'll win and that's in the 150. And then we've got the Ballymore Leamington Novices Hurdle and um, there's one or two pretty nice horses in this. Um, as I look through the favourites, a horse called Surrey Quest. And again, Surrey Quest is uh, trained by Nicky Henderson. It's won its last two races at Donny and Leicester, and I'd say it will win again. That's Surrey Quest, that two to one in well, the two twenty-five. I'm going to stop you there because do you remember a Go few on. weeks ago we were talking, or I was talking to Gavin Sheehan about a horse called Staghorn. Yeah. It duly went out yeah. and won quite easily, and I see it's yeah. in this race. Um, I, yeah. you know, I think that's got a chance myself. I mean, they're all good. Right. They all got good form as well. If you look at all of the horses there, but um, yeah, you know, no, I, right. I just wonder whether we're we're perhaps missing a trick there. But anyway, we'll we'll go. You've got right. sorry, Quest, haven't you? Sorry, Quest and Staghorn. Yeah, I did tip them up the other day as well. But um, I think Sorry Quest is a horse that you know probably won't mind a bit softer ground, and he's. Uh, he, he, I think he might <coughs> just be good enough, but. Good point. Staghorn probably won't be far away. Right, okay. Right, let's leave Warwick now. And we're going to motor across to Weatherby. Okay. And at Weatherby, uh, it's, uh, it's a good old card up at Weatherby. There's one or two quite nice horses running there. Um, and pretty competitive racing. Uh, what wins the first, and that's at 12.27. It's a pretty competitive little race. There's plenty of runners going to post, but um, i got a feeling that it might go to Dan Skelton's R-Jet, number six. It's uh, trained, say, by Skelton. It was fourth and second this season in two runs, and I think there's a bit of an improvement in him. And his horses are in great form, aren't they? You can't, uh, yeah. you can't knock that. So no, that's true That's enough. the one I... That's the one I fancy there. Oh, I'm going to move through the card. Absolutely. Oh, jet. Um, right, moving on through the card. It's quite a tricky card, Weatherby, I think. Um, it's one of those tracks. I mean, it's a grade one track. It's one of those tracks that um, sometimes horses get off in front. They don't, you know, they look, turn in, and they think horses in behind are going to pick them up, and they bloom and don't get by them. Um, it's one of those sort of funny tracks. So, I'm not always the luckiest up at weather. We're trying our best, listeners. So we can't do any more than that, can we, really? No. Uh, in the um, in the two seven, 
there's an interesting runner um, trained by Ben Haslam called Solo Saxophone and it was second on its last run uh, that was at Weatherby and it ran a really good race actually before that as a winner on the flat at Newmarket so you know I quite like these horses that can have the class to go and win on the flat uh, at seven years old and I reckon it's got a really good chance of winning uh, at at, um, at Weatherby horse number five Solar Saxophone and that is in the 2.47 there at Weatherby I don't know if you were watching the no. racing last week, Colin, but um, there's yeah. there's a, a a sort of a local um, what should I call it a, a local beauty spot I suppose called Pilsden Hill, not far from where we are here. It's, it's down towards Bridport Way, and there was a horse running. Pilsden Hill. Pilsden, P I L S D O N. Oh, Pilsden. Oh, big Pilsden right. Hill. Anyway, um, there there was a horse running last last week called Pilsden. Pen, I think it was, trained by Jeremy right. Scott, and it absolutely yeah. destroyed the field, eighty-eight zero to one, unbelievable. Yeah. yeah, and then a bit later on, uh, a young jockey called Ben. Um, oh, come on, come on, Godfrey. Godfrey, that's the boy. And now he lives in the village where my uh, sister-in-law lives and where I used to live when my parents were still alive. And he yeah. was on one for Anthony Honeyball. And that one at 40 to 1, 4 0 to 1. Yeah, so yeah. I tell you what, if ever there's a jockey to keep your eye on, it's him. He's he's a young lad. He's he's still you know he isn't he's not a full blown jockey yet. But by God, he's had a few decent wins lately so far. So keep your eye out for Ben Godfrey. Yeah, I think you're right. He's a good little jockey. He really is mm. a very very good rider. No, no, you're right. And it's funny. I tell you what, when you see names that you know, you know there was a horse called Wing Green Hill that won a few races a few years ago for Jim Old, and it ended up. Breeding a horse called a Summit went on to win the national. Um, but there's horses that are named after places you know, or even people you know that quite often mm. come out and win at great prices. You know, so yeah, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I always follow any horse I can find who's got Mary in it. I always, uh, I always back. <laughs> I wonder when she was going to pop up in the show. <laughs> <laughs> I thought there was one actually one that kept it called Mary Fisher, but it's Mister Fisher. Oh, so I still no think that will win. We'll get onto that in a minute. No, oh. like there's been some pretty good horses um, with the name Mary in it. Yeah. Um, that have gone on to to win. Uh, I think McShannon had one a few years ago that won about five, six races. So, yeah, Mary, um, if you're listening, good evening. I shall be in touch very soon. You um, keep saying you that, Colin. That You've week. got to do it. Yeah, but... For God's sake, we do, keep do it. it. Uh, no, no, not just on the show, Aidy, but we just keep in touch, you know, send ourselves all sorts of texts and messengers, messengers, messengers and whatsapps and things so she's pretty she's pretty techy mary she knows all the computer stuff yeah yeah anyway we're up to yeah, two four, you, really? two yeah well 247 at weatherby so where are we off to now then we're off to kempton park great racing at kempton park and entain are the sponsors there because coral and um labrooks have like amalgamated 
and they called themselves something I can't remember what they called themselves about a year or two ago. Now they call themselves the Entain Group. But they still keep their sort of coral and Labrook flags, if you like, <laughs> because they're the flagships. Yeah. But um, they are sponsoring at Kempton Park. And the first race at Kempton Park, actually, uh, Richard Hannon's got a runner called Cuban Cigar. I bet you smoked a few of those in your time, haven't you? <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. No, Cuban, I don't get a win. Um, Cuban Cigar. Win the first race. No, not Cuban Cigar, but oh. it, he runs in the first. The horse I think can win is a horse called uh, Glide Down. It's trained by Alan King, Gavin Sheehan Ride. I think that will win the 12.20 at Kempton Park. Mm. Do you know, it's some good prize money at Kempton Park, but not a million runners. That's like, yeah. you know, four or five runner race. It's crazy, isn't it? They, these trainers moan about putting on good, you know, good prize money and, you know, good races and everything, and then, then they don't turn up. Anyhow, yeah, there's quite a useful horse. No, there's a useful horse in the second race there, trained by Paul Nichols. It's owned by the exes of the late, great Trevor Hemmings. And it was a winner at Lingfield back in November. One of, uh, I was placed in the point-to-point, should I say. And I think it's quite a nice horse. And it's called Milan Bridge. But I think he's the main danger to my collection, which is going to be a horse called Reocker. I bet you've uh, drunk a few bottles of that in your time, haven't you? Uh, yeah, yeah. Just the occasional one. The occasional. Anyhow, it's not spelt like Rioka, but it's R-W-E-O-K-K-A. It's trained by Harry Fry. It's won uh, two out of his last three races, one being a point-to-point. And uh, Sean Byrne rides, I think that will win our second race. It's a novice's hurdle at two at um, 12.55. Okay. Right, on to the 1.32. This is a chase, and it's quite a competitive race. Champagne Courts, the 11-4 favourite, trained by Jeremy Scott, one last time out. We've just been talking about him. Um, the other joint favourites, trained by Toby Laws, who, of course, was assistant trainer to uh, Nicky Henderson a few years ago, called Cap O'Toy. Um, and I think it's probably between these two. Uh, Capo Toy won at Fontwell. That was in early December. Um, and kept on well and won well that day. So I think he is the one that could just uh, show them a clean pair of heels um, here today. So that's Toby Law's horse, Capo Toy. Okay. I'm moving to the 205. It's the Coral Silvaniaco Conti chase. Well, that horse used to be ridden by uh, Noel Feely, of course. Mm-hmm. And what a good horse he was. And only four runners turn up for this uh, prestigious grade two chase. El, um, El Dorado Allen from the Chisard Yard. Henson runs a sort of disappointing Mr. Fisher. He would need the ground to be quite good. Rouge Viv is the other runner on the race. And Deffy Desseau is the five to one outsider of them all. Well, surely this horse, I mean, he is only still quite a young horse, you know. Mm. He really has lost his form a bit, but on his best form, he looks a real good thing to me. He stepped up and tripped last time out, um, um, and he runs over a similar one today. I'm going to go for Deffy Purcell in the 205 at Kempton Park. Now, 
80 and listeners. The 240 at Kempton is the Coral Lanzarote Handicap Open. For those of you that follow racing for years, there's a very good trainer trained near Lambourne years ago called Dina Smith. And she did train the Triumph Hurdle winner, it was called, um, or oh, what was it called? Something copper, two cop, no, not two coppers. I can't think what it was called now. But um, I also won on it, but it won with Alan Webb, the Triumph Hurdle at Cheltenham. She had some really good winners. I rode, me, myself, Stuart Shilson and Frankham used to ride for her. And she had bloody good horses. Excuse me, swearing. And I rode her a nice winner of this race. I was horse with Janus. And the owners came in and they said, fantastic, Colin, great ride. We have won a fortune today. And you know, part of that fortune not they won. I never saw a penny, which was a little bit disappointing. <laughs> oh, you were stitched up there like a kipper there, weren't you? <laughs> I believe it well was. I thought, I thought, here we go. Nice little uh, nice little backhander from them. And I tell you what, that was it. Nothing. Oh, Never. my God. Life at the blimmin' bottom. Life at the blimmin' bottom. Uh, so, uh, what wins? what wins this race, we say? I think... Can I ask what was the relevance very, of that story? Well, it was in this race, the oh, uh, right, Rocky right. Handicap. Oh, right. Yeah, right. this okay, race at yeah. Kempton. And, and, yeah, that's the relevance of the story. I won it years ago. And Lanz, of course, named after a great horse. He's a black horse. He broke his shoulders out there at Cheltenham, called Lanz Rotty. Trained by mm. Fred Winter. He used to be ridden by Dick Pippen, and then he retired, and Franken rode it. Two horses I fancy here. One's called Chitabello. Yeah. Um, He's taken seven pounds off this horse's back. He was a bit disappointed in last time out, but, you know, I think he should have a chance. The other horse I quite like in the races are called Marie's Rock. There's been plenty of money for him. A winner here at Kempton last time out. Um, he won a decent little handicap hurdle and won very easily, and that's Marie's Rock. So I think Marie's Rock is one that you need to concentrate on around about six to one. The other horse I like in the race is Earth Lord, and just before Christmas, I tipped him up at Ascot when he won on the 17th of December, and he looks a bit of an improver, owned by a guy, R.M. Penny, he used to have some very good horses, including Earth Mover with um, Nichols, and this is a decent horse, Earth Lord. So Earth Lord I'm going to go for, to beat the probable favourite, favorite, and that's Marie's Rock. Right, okay. two more races at Kempton. Yeah. Um, I don't really like the handicap chase, the next race, and then the last race of 350 is a handicap hurdle. And I always think you needed something here that, you know, probably got into the race a little bit sort of cheekily, if you want. Um, that's the last race there. And I'm going to go for the Philip Hobbs double here. Owned by the same man, Mr. Penny. He's a bit of an improver, this one. One at Taunton, one at Wincanton. Creeping up in the weights, but I think it could be good enough to win. And that's called Earth Company in our final race of the day. And that is there at Kempton Park. So, listeners, that is it for the racing on the weekend. Um, we're getting into um, some very good racing, obviously, as the weather still keeps holding up. And, of course, you know, all of us have very soon. We're going to be talking about 
you know, charters and festival previews and everything. But there's some good prize money at some of these meetings, like Kemp's in the weekend, especially. And, um, you know, a lot of trains are going to You know, I think we should get on from some of them in these races and fill them up a little bit and take the prize money because you might get a charter and get absolutely stuffed. So, take advantage of some decent racing in between now and Cheltenham and some good prize money, that's what I say Okay, well thank you very much Colin for that, let's hope there's a few winners there uh, we could do with them, I think uh, your performances haven't been up to scratch of late, you know it's, it's, it's because you're over Sorry. there in Sweden I'm afraid, I think that's the problem but, uh, you I'm going to get back and really concentrate them yeah. okay. Well just make sure you don't bump into Eric Carlson and his Saab on your way home in the snow because you might do. You never know, do you? Well, you yeah, know, he was, never know, he, he was a pretty I useful mean, I Swede. Mean, got a yeah, he was a very good Swede, wasn't he? Good, 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 good player. Mm. Mm, indeed. And don't I, forget I to do ring Mary and get her on the show. Okay, we'll get that organised. When I get home, Mary, stand by. We're going to get you on the show very soon. Mary, if you're She'll listening, be... give him a bit of earache because he needs it. He just needs, you know, to be okay. kept up to his job. It's it's like, you know, you get these jockeys that they they, they don't really keep the horses up to the job. And he's, he's like that at the moment. He needs a couple of backhanders, I think, on the rump. OK, Mary, so I'll leave that in your <laughs> capable hands, all right? <laughs> there you are, Mary. You've been, I've been told. Yeah. So we'll make sure we do that. Good stuff. Take care. Thanks, Colin. See you soon, mate. Toodle pip. And you. Bye bye, listeners. Thanks. Well, as usual, that's Colin Brown bringing us to the end of another racing show here on Three Valleys Radio and in association with Bresbet. And don't forget to check out the Bresbet website which is www.bresbet.com. And we'll be back same time next week, same station, Three Valleys Radio. Thanks for joining us. Goodbye. (laughs) 